welcome to Train ATX. Uh, today's guest, we're super pumped to have him here with us in studio, is Glenn Ravel, a.k.a. Coach Rev. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I have the privilege to Coach call Rev. you that. I, I feel like I need to be a client or you know, <laughs> student or something to call you that. But um, thank you for joining us. Uh, coach Rev is the head strength and conditioning coach for Central Catholic and coach at Energy X. Uh, he can also be found on the Gcast, a podcast dedicated to coaching, education, leadership, and you can find that on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Um, Glenn, thank you for making the trek up from San Antonio today. Oh, no problem. It was man, I was uh, reminiscing about like growing up here and all the time I spent here, and like seeing all the changes happen, and I was like, man, feeling a little emotional. Yeah, kind of like back uh, in the city that made me. You know, it's cool to be back. It, uh, my dad still lives here, so I come back semi-regularly, but the last time I was probably in the city pretty regularly was 2018, like 2019, so yeah, it was cool to be back, though. Got to drive by the new Moody Center, like see all yeah. the things, so I'm glad. Thanks for having me up. It's going to be cool. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I don't know when this episode will launch, but I'm glad you made it up because um as you're, as you know, Austin, you know, gets hit with an ice storm every every year, <laughs> right around this time. That's right. <laughs> uh, if you're watching or listening, it's early February. Um, so yeah, glad you made it. Um, as I was kind of digging into your bio, which uh, we have our guests send over, one of the things that struck me: you spent five years in the Arena Football League. Yeah, that's right. Um, how did you? I mean, I know you played at the collegiate level. Yeah. Um, how did you get into that? Yeah, so oddly enough, the Arena League just announced it's coming back. I was going to, yep. So I'm like very nostalgic and excited about that. Yeah, so I was a small college football player. I went to Hardin-Simmons University, which is a D3 school in Abilene, about three hours northwest of here. Um, And I ended up having a really good career there. I went to Westwood High School here in town. And then I went to went to Harden Simmons, had a good career. I uh, got invited to like the regional NFL combine. So if you're kind of a smaller school guy, you don't get invited to the big combines, but you get invited to the smaller ones. And essentially it's like an elimination process. So you go to one, there's 300 people there. If you do good, you get invited to another one where there's slowly less and less people. And so throughout that, uh, that process, I got exposed to like sports agents, uh, obviously like NFL, AFL, CFL scouts. So I was an offensive lineman in college and I'm at the time I was six feet, 270 pounds, which if you know about the NFL, that's way too small to be an offensive lineman. So I made the move to fullback, which was a little bit more uh, appropriate to my size. So I kind of, as I made that transition, that's where I kind of got picked up by a guy named Mike Trout. Uh, he was my agent. He is no longer in the sports like representation business, but he did a really good job for me. And so that's kind of how I got started and got exposed to that arena football life. And it was super fun. I did it. I played till I was 26. Um, if you're not in the NFL, by the time you're 26, you're too old. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, there's a guy, Tom Brady, who yeah, what the finally heck, announced, Tom? you know, retirement round two. He's <laughs> been dragging his feet. Uh, so, yeah, I played till I was 26. I, I had a brief uh, stint with the Baltimore Ravens. And by brief, I mean like four days. Okay. And uh, it was the year right before they won the Super Bowl when Ray Lewis retired. And I walked into training camp and I had a very definitive experience of knowing I was not good enough for the NFL. Which was really hard because um, it was like my dream. But at the same time, it was really reassuring mm -hmm. to know like, hey, I gave this everything I had and I made it as far as I possibly could. And now I don't have to live with that uncertainty of knowing whether I was good enough or not. 
Yeah, you know, the um, that question was top of mind because they just, you know, as you <laughs> yeah. mentioned, announced that they're going to— Do you think round three, four, whatever they're going to be on is, is going to be successful? Or uh, what do you think it's going to take for them to, you know, be different this I time know. around? Uh, I'm going to need—I like, I don't know anything about the leadership structure. I don't know anything about, like, the business right now. To my understanding, the reason it went under—so, unfortunately for me, like, I played in the second iteration— so 1987 to roughly like 2008, I think like guys were making decent money um, and their kind of business plan was like, hey, we'll pay guys good money to try to get talent from other leagues mm -hmm. and hopefully it'll catch up on the back end and it didn't. So I got in right when they brought it back and we only made like $1,000 a game and I was like, ah, oh, if I was only like a little bit older, I could have been making some decent cash. Yeah. Uh, but also, I think, uh, man, it, and there, now you see a lot of football leagues popping up to try to... No one can compete with the NFL, right? Because they're so established. But to try to like subsidize talent and give guys like me a chance to develop, maybe a small school guy like soccer obviously does a great job of like the academy system. If you, whereas football, it's like you play in college and you go to the NFL or you don't and you're done. So I think is that like a, becomes a thing and people try to find a way to develop talent outside of like big Division One football. Hopefully that'll work out for them and they'll get a good solid business plan together. Uh, Austin had two Arena Football League teams. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Oh, I did not. Uh, well, so, they, so they had one official Arena Football League team there, the Austin Wranglers. Okay. They played in the Frank Irwin Center. And then there was a smaller one called the Austin Turf Cats. And they played Ooh, uh, in the Travis County Expo Center, like where the ice bats. So it was the like ice bats and the turf cats. Wow. Well, that's some OG <laughs> Austin, Texas, like minor league sports team knowledge for you. <laughs> I feel like th those teams partied very hard. Uh, <laughs> I love she sure. would want to find like a shirt from the Turf Cats. I oh, would rock yeah. that. I for sure would rock that. There is a dude. Yeah, it was like an ex. The head coach was a guy named Chris, Chris Dulabon who played for UT. He was like a white guy that played in the late 80s yeah. try hard guy i was like that's my guy that's me yeah i'm gonna try and emulate his career yeah, yeah. for sure that's awesome um well let's take it back a second uh just how did you initially grow to want to be a part of sports in general yeah uh man for me it was just kind of always i never wanted to do anything else my first word was ball like the first word I ever spoke, my parents told me that all the time. I always loved football. I don't know if it was just because I was in Texas and I was a little kid, like if I was drawn to it. I went to private school until sixth grade and I couldn't play football in private school. So that's what drove me to go to public school. I went to Canyon Vista Middle School. So shout out to any Mustangs that are listening to this right now. <laughs> but back in the day, um, yeah, and it really drove every decision like I ever made because I just wanted to play sports and especially football. And I have this little my big sister, uh, she has this funny little picture I drew and it was like my your career project. Right. When you're an elementary schooler and everyone. when I grow up. Yeah. And they wanted to yeah. be whatever they wanted to be. And I wrote she keeps she kept it to this day. And it, it was like mine was like, I'm Glenn Revel and I want to play football and I will take Advil when I feel pain. <laughs> that was like what my career was going to be. And this was how old? Uh, like fourth grade. I don't know. <laughs> like super young. Yeah. So for me, it was just kind of like in, I don't know, in my blood, like I just wanted to do it. And so that really, now that I'm a little bit older and like, like I said earlier, like it drove every decision I made and like anyone that's a high performer can, can relate to that. Right. And you kind of think, 
I wonder what my life would be without football or sports, right? Like my love of it and how different it would look and what I like, what different experiences I would have had, what I would have gained, what I would have lost. Like now that I'm kind of on the other side of that and former guest, Michael Hood, like him and I had this conversation too, right? Like when you get done playing, playing your sport, like your first love, like you have to recalibrate and really figure out like who you are outside of that and what you want to do. So, yeah, but for me, like, it was always just ingrained in me, I guess. It was, like, loving to do all the things, like, athletic, active, et cetera. How would, uh, like, thinking back to, like, your childhood, right, and kind of going through the, the, the come up, right, through strength and conditioning, how has that changed from the way that you approached the gym and kind of starting to hit the weights to how you would approach some of the, the youth talent now? Oh, yeah. A lot. Uh, I think strength and conditioning as an industry is really evolved and more than evolving, it's becoming more mainstream, especially in that youth development. Like now you're starting to see strength coaches in high schools pretty regularly. Uh, club teams are starting to get them, that kind of stuff. And before it was just kind of your coach would you, you would do whatever your coach did because that's what they did. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether it's good or bad, whether it's right or wrong, like that was the best they could do for you at the time. Mm-hmm. And so now how I look at it is kind of, Mm, I we do do things that I did because some of them were correct. But now that I have that really expanded knowledge base, um, I want to take all the things that I know, personal experiences, education, and like really pour that into making any kind of athlete that I work with. So currently, I well, I've worked with uh, the most sports I've ever worked with was 17. Whoa. So we had your men's and women's teams, obviously like your soccer, baseball, softball, basketball, volleyball, football. Track and field, lacrosse, field hockey, rowing, cheer, te- like so th- sports I've never played before, mm-hmm. right? But if you understand kind of, I'm going to really overgeneralize here, but 90% of athletes need like the same seven basic things, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, you can you can kind of like make those smooth, fine-tuned adjustments to what they need for their sport, like specifically, so I got a lot of I got a lot of good functional experience, and then I got uh, in like practical experience, and then I learned the theory after that, and now I can really blend them together to provide that to like whether you're an any kind of client I work with, right? Whether you're an athlete, whether you're we call you like Gen Pop, soccer mom, weekend warrior, whatever you want, whatever you quantify yourself as, like I can help you in any way you need, or I like to think that I can. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Kind of tacking on to, you know, you've worked in many different, at many different levels and many different sports, but would you gravitate more towards college or pro sports? Like as a fan, are you, are you a college watcher or are you a pro sports? I'm like a people watcher. Like I'm going to be like super honest with you guys. I have a pet peeve that most people think is really annoying, like it's stupid. If someone roots for a college they didn't go to, I judge them hardcore. But do you do the same with people that might be from one town pro and team, for another pro? Like pro team, okay. I don't because it's like if I were to like, oh, you couldn't play for the New England Patriots. You know what I mean? <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, oh, you love UT but didn't care enough to go to college there, uh-huh. especially being in Austin, right? I'm like, right. you went to Baylor. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but for me, um, I love uh, I love like the Amazon Prime series, All or Nothing. And I love like hard knocks, uh, like anything like that where I can, I guess, well, you, you, you know, y'all know this, like sports is about a high performance environment. 
And I want to find out like what every team does to like, to do that. Like how does the Dallas Cowboys do it? How do the, uh, like New Zealand, like the all blacks do it. Yeah. I think, uh, Tottenham just had a, my brother-in-law loves Tottenham. So I watch there like, uh, like, right. Uh, what they're really, what's the word, like whatever word you want to use to describe their manager, right. people have different opinions on them. Right. Uh, the juxt- but yeah, like, so I love, and now that I have athletes that I've worked with from my time in college, even from my time in high school that are now playing professionally in various sports, like those are the, those are the guys and girls that I keep up with. Cause I want to see like how their career is going. Yeah. But I think they do bring very, like college is very like accessible to everyone. It's cool, especially in Austin where like UT has dominated the sports scene for so long. Like the fact that Austin FC is here and like doing so well, like they're the first professional sports franchise that's really like even stayed around this long like the two random ones i just named for y'all <laughs> right like a bunch of like we like some rugby teams like all that kind of stuff they're hanging around so the city's really gravitated to that which is cool but you do get a different vibe from like you're connected to the institution you went to in a different way mm-hmm. than you are just a place that you lived right you like in college you get to see the, the athletes like walking around and you're like oh that's my boy like he's in my biology class yeah, just whatever. Like, I'm sure they're very studious, yeah. you know, but then like, and it's a little, it's cool when you get to see professional athletes. Like when you see the Austin FC cats around, you're like, oh my gosh. But like, sometimes they don't live here. They're yeah. on loan to a different team. You know what I mean? So right. like, it's very rare uh, to see them around, but it is cool when you get to do that. Yeah. So someone who, let's say grew up in Austin, right? It's a, a neutral city between Dallas and Houston. So should you root for the Cowboys or should you root for the Texans? Oh, well, they're both bad. <laughs> oh, Ugh, wow. Shots fired. Wow, wow, wow. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, tell you Cowboys and Texans <laughs> So uh, I, I pull for the Texans because the first NFL game I ever went to was a Texans game. My big sister got it for me as a Christmas present. And it was when the Texans first started. Like, I think it was like 2003 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that was cool. Although it, this is another OG Austin fact. The Dallas Cowboys used to have training camp here at St. Edwards University. Oh, so that was cool. Like late 90s, early 2000s, the Cowboys would come here and they would have training camp here. So I do have some memories of being like a little kid, like all of us, right? Sometimes you could get on the practice field or you would just line up on the street and like hang on the fence and try to see them all. Yeah. Um, but that kind of to my point, right? Like you related to personal experiences that you've had with them. So Cowboys suck. I mean, well, they're not like, listen, they're not, they almost made it. And then you're Jack right. Messed that's up, actually, you know, he had yeah, some, you know, hiccups. I might've over, I do see that's good. That's like higher level. As uh, And this evaluation. is coming from a Falcons fan. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, Who's been yeah, through a lot. Rough, so, man. you know, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Falcons fans. <laughs> you're actually, that's a good point. The Cowboys are, the Cowboys, I feel like are held to a standard. Like it's, it's insane. They can never be successful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, rest in peace to the Falcons. You know what I'm saying? Matt Ryan, RIP to my boy. Hey, hey, he was looking good on CBS the other day. I'm like, listen, you know, your football career might not have worked out. I don't know if you've officially retired, but yeah, you got a career. Have you seen the, uh, the video of him like the, on this first day of the CBS and it's like the key and peel skit. Yes. And I'm like, that's how you know. Like, this is a little silly comment, right? Like, I made it in jest, but I was like, that's how you know a cat spent like 12 years in the league. 100%. Because they can code switch like that, especially in Atlanta, right? 
with the demographic of that city. And then you look at the demographic of the NFL. Or Matt Ryan. Yeah, like just a goofy, like, it looks like he could be an accountant. From the Northeast. Yeah, 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 yeah. but he still had enough, like, wherewithal to take all those people groups he worked with and, like, blend them all together. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stand-up guy. Um, And he was an OG back in the day. Like, people, like, dude played for, like, 12 years. R.I.P. That's (laughs) That's terrible that I cannot talk about. Yeah, that's, we won't. mm. Yeah. Next (laughs) question. (laughs) Um. Kind of touching back to your coaching and your students and, you know, clients that you coach over there at Energy X. Um, what's your what would you say is your coaching style? Oh, man, I uh, I strive to be like authentically myself 100 percent of the time. And so you'll hear people talk about like, oh, I'm a disciplinary and oh, I'm a player's coach. Like I am me and you are you and we're going to interact how we interact. But at the end of the day, if you want to get if you truly want to get to where you say you want to go, then I'm going to hold you to that standard and whatever conversations we have to have, whether they're encouraging, awkward, right? Like whatever it takes for, because if you really truly want to get there, I think it's so simple. Uh, It's so simple, but it's not easy. All you have to do is look at every single decision that you make and does it take you closer to your goal? And if it, it's super simple, right? Like that, that takes me closer to my goal. I'm going to do it. That doesn't take me close to my goal. I'm not going to do it, but, but it's not easy. It's a hard thing to do. Right. And when, at whatever age you are and what you'll find out is like the people that are making those decisions consistently over the longest period of the time are the ones that are going to be successful to the, to the maximum of their ability. So that's kind of me as a coach. And then I obviously like, I love to have a good time. Like I want us to have fun. Shared suffering creates bonding. Right. And so, like, which is sports in general. Like, that's why you're so close with your teammates because, like, you went through hard things together. But for me, like, and obviously, Mike, I think this is what Mike appreciates about coming into the studio is, like, you guys you guys will be going through something, like, physically hard, but I have enough kind of wherewithal to, like, crack a little joke so you get, like, a little bit of reprieve and, like, wow, this is rough, but like, at least I'm having a good time. And I'm kind of a – well, I don't, I'm not going to say I'm a bad person, but, like – when I see people suffering, I do laugh a little, okay. which is probably means I'm in the right profession. But I've been there, so I'm like with you. But sometimes it's super funny. Is that is that a part of the shared part? Because I assume <laughs> I that you're so. leading this class and they're the ones that are suffering. You oh, know? Yeah. So you're just sharing in their yeah, suffering. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I know like whenever my clients are like, this is hard, or I'm like, hey, you're welcome for making you a better person. That's all. You just got to leaving the bucket. You just got to reframe it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's what's the youngest uh, age group that that you're coaching these days? So right now, uh, primarily I'm with high schoolers, so nine ninth through twelfth grade. Uh, previous previous job I had, I I worked with as young as sixth graders. So I was in charge of an entire school district down in San Antonio. So I had two middle schools, one high school of roughly three thousand kids. I was in charge of seven weight rooms on three campuses, 800 athletes and 60 coaches. And it was like, that's a lot. Yeah. It wasn't uh, super sustainable for like me as a coach. Right. Or like uh, I learned how to administrate really well and how to kind of operate at a higher level, which is now helping me. But I didn't get to spend a ton of time with athletes in the weight room, which is what like coaching is and what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So I kind of transitioned to a place where I could be a little more hands-on and spend time with a lot of with a lot of different athletes and get really able to develop them as people and as athletes. 
What initially drew you to uh, Energy X? How did you get connected with them? And Yeah. So Energy X, I started as a client. It reminded me of a gym I worked for here in Austin back in 2010 through 2012. It was a, it was called uh, Punch Austin Kettlebell Gym. And it was a super, they're not even around anymore. They were like headquartered out of uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, this is so like 2000, so 2010 to like 2013 was like CrossFit was blowing up. Austin fitness scene was like, was growing. It's big now. Um, and it was like, that's when everything was exploding. So I just found this random little gym in a, like in a strip mall and I ended up, uh, like loving it there. I loved the community there. I got really good work. It made me a better athlete. And so when I found energy X, uh, it reminded me of that same, like same style. And so it's very like, uh, on an academy base, like kettlebells, battle ropes, all those kind of like non-traditional tools. So I started as a client there. I had, uh, just had neck surgery, so I uh, turned 30, and I had to get my C4, C5 vertebrae fused together. So I don't, you, uh, you may or may not be able to see, but there's like a scar on my throat kind of in the front here. So I had what's called a, an anterior cervical dissection and fusion. So like not to like gross you guys out, but they cut your throat open. They pin like your the stuff in the way to the side. And they scraped out the part of my vertebrae that was like pushing on a nerve. And then they put some screws and some brackets in there and like stitched it all back together. Is this a part of the suffering at Energy X? Or this is not. Is this, this is it. No. One, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> this like, is what you can expect. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. You cannot expect anything like that. But that's why. So I couldn't uh, I couldn't exercise in a way that I was used to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, and my body was changing because I was getting older. I had a lot of wear and tear on me. And so Energy X, I found it and I walked in there. I was like, man, it's perfect because it's it's high intensity, it's low impact. It really reminded me of like Punch Austin. And then as the owner, Allison, she kind of found out what I did for my vocation. They were opening up a second location, so she brought me on as a coach. But what I love about Energy X is like there's really, there's really high performing people there in their professions, but everyone is super personable. And for me, fitness for the general population is just like, I would love for you to just be able to expedite your fitness to a professional, to me. And you know, you can come in, our classes are 50 minutes long. You can come in for 50 minutes, three times a week. And like, I'm going to take care of you. And you as a high performing individual, like don't have to worry about it. I got your back. And that's what I love about the studio. Cause there's, and it's pretty small. There's only like five or six of us that work there. So everyone's cool. We all know the clients. Like we all have really good relationships with them. And everyone there is very like we have pool parties. We do. We go visit breweries like it's a nice. it's a yeah, like it's a community, which is something I realized I was good at creating as I was kind of coming up as a coach. Work hard, play hard. Yeah, exactly. There was a class on there called um, Lit Hit. Lit Hit. And I'm like, I, from the name alone, I'm signing up for that class. <laughs> hey, it is lit. That's for sure. Because is it's so it's a combo of what low impact and, yeah. and hit. Yeah. So okay. it's like high intensity interval training, but then we keep it like low impact on your body so your joints feel healthy. Yeah. So we use the water rower, uh, the Bosu ball, kettlebells. It's super fun. That's probably one of our tougher classes, uh, but you'll definitely get a good burn in. And different instructors give it different flair, right? So I'm kind of your very like 
I want you guys to lift relatively heavy weights. Like I'm going to, that's kind of what I'm going to push, which is still going to give you some good cardiovascular adaptations and then different coaches. Some of them are like yoga based. All of us have different, one of them's a triathlete. So all of us have different backgrounds that we come from. So you get a different like flair style from every coach that you take a class from. I know you've kind of touched on it, but for the average Joe, like why is, or why would you say strength and conditioning is important to maintain whether you played at the collegiate level, high school level, like why is that important to maintain throughout your entire life? Yeah. I mean, it really is like your quality of life, how well you move, how your body feels. The biggest realization I had, like in terms of this, this question. So I was in graduate school and I was working on my thesis. My thesis, this is kind of academic, but it's basically like, so my thesis was habitual barbell strength training as medicine for geriatric populations. So what does that mean? I don't like, not to like. Break it down. Old people lift weights regularly. They feel better, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Not to like be insulting to yeah. geriatrics. <laughs> So I was like, cool. Hey, I'm going to, I would, I went to the YMCA and I basically taught a free strength and conditioning class. Um, and it ended up, our age group ended up being like anyone from 55 to like 78. And like, maybe they'd done fitness before they don't know, but all these people got super strong and they were way more like they could garden again. They could reach things off the shelf. They couldn't do, they could pick mm-hmm. up their grandkid. Right. Like, yeah. and if that can happen for a 55 to a 78 year old, like imagine if you just start whenever you start and just keep it going, like consistently, then like, you're going to be so much better off when you're older, not only your body, but like, what's your blood pressure look like? What's your, like all those things you have to pay attention to when you get older. Right. And don't get, I would encourage people to not get caught up in like the TikTok, Instagram, fitness influencer, liver king, God help us oh all. God. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's totally mm, unrealistic and not, not like sustainable. Well, I mean, to your point earlier, it's, you know, you want the people that you work with, the kids that you coach to like put in the work. Like it's gonna, it's gonna, it's not gonna be easy. It might suck at certain points, but like you gotta put in the work. And I think a lot of times, especially nowadays, it's like TikTok and Instagram are like selling like these fit tees. And like, if you do this one move, you're going to have a 12 pack, like, (laughs) you know, and people are just, they're inconsistent. They hop on it for, you know, the beginning of the year or a certain time period and they don't stick with it. And then they wonder why they don't see results because I think they set themselves up for like failure, honestly, you know, with these things. I mean, what in your realm... What trends have you seen that maybe clients or coach or students of yours have like tried and you're like, listen, that's that, that ain't it. Oh yeah. Oh, all of it. Uh, <laughs> everything. <laughs> like any kind of like, uh, we're paleo now we're keto. And even, uh, like CrossFit was a really good example of that. Cause when CrossFit first came out, like 2009, 2012, like everyone was paleo. We're not eating carbs. Right. Like. Uh, which is just kind of, which at the time was countercultural to what sports nutrition told you. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you've seen as CrossFit has evolved, like to a really, you see the really high level competitive yeah. CrossFit athletes. Like now they eat a much more uh, traditional, like, Hey, I'm eating rice. I'm eating sweet potatoes. Right. Like I do need fat. Yeah. So you see like to the, to their credit, right. It evolved as CrossFit evolved as like a practice. Right. Um, 
I did a in grad school. I did uh, like some stud some studies on ketosis, and it's not something that's sustainable, but it is something that works, right? And there's some cool things that happen with it, but it's just kind of at the end of the day, I would say like for fitness and for diet, it's about finding something that like you can maintain and something that's uh, like applicable and attainable for you, and even. I would say like being a competitive, like former competitive athlete, uh, you, it's something like you, your mindset has to change when you go from like playing sports and being super active to like, Hey, I'm retired or I'm doing whatever now. Like, cause so much of your life is focused on eating when you're growing and you're coming up and you have to weigh a certain weight or you have to be able to perform. Right. Then you, you get done and everyone's like, all right, good luck. Like learning how to eat like a normal person, mm-hmm. which is an adjustment that I think a lot of athletes go through or anyone that was like doing some kind of, if you were really into fitness, whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, I just like to think about it. Um, and I was, I was super that way. Like I was super bought in when I was playing sports and now as I, as I work with athletes now, like I try to work into the fact that, Hey, this is how you need to eat right now. Cause this is what your goals are. And you're, and you're really caught up in this, let's say from sixth grade to 12th grade, right? Like you're really caught up in that time frame. And if you get to play in college, right. But I want you to realize like, this is not normal. This is not what normal people do. This is not super sustainable. The things you see on the internet are like the rare exception, Mm-hmm. But it's hard because if you only see like the one tenth of the one percent every single day, then you think that's what you're supposed to look like because you're exposed to it all the time. But you're not yeah. like I try to remind my kids the average American male is five, nine and weighs one hundred and ninety four pounds. It's literally me. <laughs> my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. They don't got. Uh, wow. Shout I don't mean Nico. to like. Shout yeah. Uh, well, that kind of hurts my feelings for you. Um, but then like back in the gym for sure. He's like, ah, do wait one night. He's like, maybe I need to do keto or something. Exactly. And we do like, I do test body metrics on my kids cause they matter when you're an athlete, like yeah. your body fat matters to how you perform like male and female. But I just tell them like, Hey, this is a range. Like this is not define you as a person, especially with my female athletes, right? Like, especially my cheerleaders that I work with currently, like. And it's a touchy subject for anyone, right? But especially when you when you're in that like adolescent, uh, pubescent year, and you're like, and you're a cheerleader, so you're a very public figure in your like in your social circle, and you have to, you there's pressures for you to look a certain way, whatever. I'm like these these this is data that does matter to your performance at the, as an athlete, but it doesn't determine your worth as a person. Mm-hmm. And that was like a really uh, that was a lesson I had to learn. And it probably took me till I was about 33 to realize that like, Hey, uh, my value as a person is not based on my performance, like on the court, on the field, what, uh, in the boardroom, my salary, whatever. Right. But it's really easy to get caught up in that when that's all you've known. Mm -hmm. So I try to, something I try to instill, I guess like a holistic way of coaching, you know what I mean? Just cause I, I know what I went through. And the like, uh, the things I had to do to kind of change my mindset to get, I don't know, normal or I don't, I don't know what you, what you would call it yeah. yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause I'm not there. Cause I'm still like doing that. Like I'm still, I have people in my life that like, like I had a, like a health and wellness coach and she was like, Hey, you don't have to eat the 42 ounce steak every time you go to Texas roadhouse. Cause you don't need that much protein anymore. You know, so I try to just 
now Great that I've steak, on, yeah, delicious for delicious. sure. Drove delicious. by one on the way. It might stop on the way home. <laughs> wow. But I guess what I want to do is really give like, I want you to think about your fitness as like your whole lifespan, right? Mm-hmm. And if this is the end and this is the beginning and you're like an athlete, if you're a sixth grader through a 12th grader, like you're here. Yeah. And we got all this other part to worry about. And then same thing, right? As the older you get, mm-hmm. 35 to 50 to 70, like you can still be super active and super healthy. It just looks different, yep. you know? But there's a really big difference I noticed when I was working with those older people. Like, age is super a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have, like, that 78-year-old man was in there, and he was super strong and, like, very vibrant. And then I would turn around, and I would see, like, the the water aerobics class. And I was like, y'all are 55? Like, yeah. killing it. It was just, yeah, I was like, dang, this is crazy. But, yeah, so that's what I would, I guess I try to always instill, like, hey, you got your whole life and this is a big six years of it and it will affect the rest of it. But like, keep in mind, there's more when you get done. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a lot of athletes out there that are uh, coming out of college, right? They were executing and performing at such a high level. And then now it's time to refigure out your body, right? And what you're kind of capable of. So someone who is kind of going through that, what's kind of the first step that they should take? Is it going into a gym and just kind of consulting a strength and conditioning coach like yourself to just kind of build that plan for them long-term. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's part of it for sure. Cause you need someone that can kind of know where you're at and it's not sustainable for you to work out like a high school, college professional athlete for your whole life. What, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it is about like finding people that care about your fitness, but I'd also say find someone that can like help you with your, like with your mental health and what making that adjustment looks like. It just, uh, that was a big thing for me. Like, so, uh, my friend, her name's Elizabeth Sherman and she knew me, like she knew me in the prime of like my arena football career. And she was like a, she was a personal trainer and she would, she was doing kind of the health and wellness, like already into the mindset, like the nutrition stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she would help me out. Like, but I had my blinders on to be really successful. Like you have to have your blinders on. Right. And I was like, Hey, that's cool. But that's for old people. Like I'm getting it. I'm 24. I'm getting I'm it. getting that 42 ounce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now that I'm a little bit like, and as I've come out of that, like she's still been around for, for me, which I appreciate. Like we've done, she basically just does like coaching sessions with me or with anyone, right? Like she specifically works with women who are kind of caught up in like the dieting trap, like the yo-yo diet trap. Um, but she just preaches really applicable things to any situation that you're in and essentially just kind of led me through uh, like the decisions I've been making in the life I've been leading and been like, you, you did this because of that. And now it's time to do this because you're doing something different. Mm-hmm. So I would say like, I want you, you should find obviously someone like a professional that can take care of your body, like help you take care of your body with your training. And then also find someone and it doesn't like, it could be a therapist. It could be a wellness coach. It could just be someone that's like uh, someone that you trust, like an adult that's older than you or someone that's been where you are, but they're further down the road. Right. Um, that's really why I coach is because I've seen and I've been through what athletes are going through uh, and I can help you be successful. And then for me, right. I need to find someone. I like to think of it as like a plus sign. There's someone you're chasing. That's your goal. Right. Or that's someone that can help you. There's people on either side and that's people that are with you on the journey. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's someone behind you that you're bringing with you, that you're helping. 
right? So there's elevation. I'm trying to like I'm trying to get where I'm trying to go. I've got my peers beside me, and then I'm trying to like bring someone with me and help them out. And you can really Love apply that. that to like yeah. any kind of right, like any kind of thing you do Definitely, in life. Yeah. Like you're chasing, you're elevating, and then you've got your peers that like you're emulating. If we're trying to make all e words, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so right. So who are some of your ride or dies that are you know on both sides of you on that plus sign? Yeah, uh, man. Well, I think Mike is one of them. Obviously, like. Big shout out to Mike. Uh, I have some good friends, just kind of like not even guys that I played. They it was like guys and girls that were athletes that I never didn't necessarily play with, but now we've kind of found each other right in that fitness, mm-hmm. in that fitness space, in that health space, and it's just kind of like all of us going through that same thing. So Mike, obviously, uh, my boy, my boy Sean, that randomly enough I grew up with here in San Antonio. He was a swimmer. Uh, I swam summer league, so I don't have that swimmer body per se, but I would get out there and splash around. It's hard to get. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. Uh, And like, I remember the three of us, it was so funny because it was New Year's Eve and we were all with like our fiancés, wives, girlfriends, and like they were like, ah, New Year's Eve, doing whatever, like having a great time. And like the three of us were sitting at the kitchen table talking about like our any our enneagram or enneagram types. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm a three with yeah. a two wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and really, what we discovered is like all of us were athletes, and this I think this goes for anyone that's an athlete or a high performer. Like I use those words interchangeably. Just yeah. because you didn't play sports doesn't mean you weren't a high performer, right? You just did it somewhere else. But we realized like we were all very like uh, people pleasing based and we loved positive feedback and that affected who we were. And we all had different experiences of having to let go of that identity of us. I kind of already touched on this, but like of us, our value being based off of our performance, whether it's like business wise, sports wise or whatever. And I guess that's like a community, right? Like you find people that are similar to you and going through the same things. So yeah, that would be like that'd be the homies. I got another friend named Charles that played basketball at Trinity down in San Antonio. And kind of same thing, like, but it's cool because we can still get together and like play whatever, like mm, social, social flag football, social basketball. So you still get to have that really fun time with each other. And it just doesn't have to be as serious as it was. Absolutely. That's that's awesome. I I've, I've never heard it like broken down like that but i love that like analogy yeah. you will yeah it's, it's like a super easy way it's, to think about it yeah um you've mentioned your buddy mike who's a mutual friend of ours now or i think mike's a buddy of mine now <laughs> yeah. um, oh snap and and you touched on how you know you're you're from austin originally um what and on our call that we had with you a couple weeks back just how big of a fan you are of sports in general what is it meant to you to have a professional soccer team in the city you grew up in. Yeah. I think it's dope. Uh, people would be like, what? Like, obviously I don't look like your stereotypical soccer fan. You know what I mean? Verde. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. But just like, uh, my friends that I grew up with that still live here. Like whenever there's, whenever there's a FC game, like everyone's Instagram story is that, Yeah, you know what I mean? And then been fortunate enough to like go to a few games. I think the first one I went to, was uh, it was 2021, their first season. It might have been... Uh, we were in the house. Yeah, San Diego maybe. But it was like a crazy game where the score was like 5-3, to 5-4. to four, And there was like a little bra- like shoving brawl match that broke out. And I was with my fiancé who like wasn't super familiar with soccer. And I was like, this is super exciting, but this never happens. So yeah. like, don't get used to it. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's cool. Like, it's like I talked about, like, all those random sports teams that have been here before and never really stuck. Like, it might be because now Austin is finally big enough to, like, sustain. Because you have to have a certain level of city to sustain, like, a sports team like that. You know what I mean? But I think it's also just soccer, as, like, it's known in America, is finally, like, popular enough. The people are paying, like, casual fans will come to Austin FC just for the experience, right? Like, they want to go to Q2 Stadium. It's super cool. So cool. It's right in, like, a cool area of Austin, obviously, and things are popping up around it for people to go experience before and after the matches, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I think it's awesome. It's kind of – I was thinking about all the different sports teams that were here before that didn't stick around, and it's like – Obviously, Matthew McConaughey, legend, right? Austin guy. Minister of culture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What a title. Yeah, yeah. And playing the bongos, which is what he's like (laughs) infamous. When I was a middle schooler. uh, Oh, yeah. When I was a middle schooler, he got busted for the bongo thing. Mm -hmm. And I went to middle school with his niece, oddly enough. Middle school flex. Wow. Second middle school flex for you guys. middle school flex. I don't know if you guys remember the book Holes. Yeah. The Shia LaBeouf movie. So yeah. his, I went to middle school with Sherry Sacker, who is Lewis Sacker, the author's daughter. Wow. Yeah. wow. There's a lot of talent in Austin. Wow. It's popping up. There's a lot of talent. I mean, up. it's been here, but now it's yeah. just moving here. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, like I think there's a lot of things that go into it, but yeah. it's super fun. I loved going. I went to us. I, I was a rugby player in, in grad school, and so there was a rugby tournament there this past summer. It was like the Sevens tournament, which is a specific right. type of rugby. Yep. So I went and checked that out just because obviously rugby and soccer are similar. Like there's a lot of crossover. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, I've been to the stadium before. Like I'm definitely going to go again. Now and then – Now that you've been to a couple of games, which, which part of the stadium are you sitting in? Are you, ooh. you know, a casual fan that like wants yeah. to sit in the middle? Are you – with the neon drums, like chugging <laughs> beers, you or turn you, up, not chugging beers, uh, <laughs> or throwing beers. beers. Yeah. What I love is the chicken, uh, the rubber chicken, <laughs> the pollo. I think is uh, so. When I when I was in, when I went to like the Austin based ones, I'm not like in like the Green Mob. I respect it. I love it. Yeah. But I'd be like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but then when Austin FC played SAFC in San Antonio, right? Huge. Then it was super fun. Yeah. And that time, this like the complimentary tickets I got were in like the mob. And I was like, <laughs> what is going on? And I looked like I looked around and like Adrian, uh, one of the co yeah. like Mike's co-broadcaster yeah. was like, had the chicken just wilding. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is it's a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> it's zero to chill, work tomorrow. but I respect it. <laughs> But yeah, I have friends regularly that even drive up from San Antonio. I would like love to just get in there and like have a good time, get the little scarf going. Gosh. I really wanted one of those, uh, those like flower, the flower unis they had. Ooh, the, okay. like the, oh yeah, okay. they were super cool. I can't remember what they were for, but they didn't have any in three XL, which I accept. You know what I mean? But if maybe, you ever, maybe we could get a someone we know over there to you know yeah. send a word check or our sources. Got a, word, yeah, got to text that guy more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those things were sick, dude. Like their jerseys are sick. They have so many cool ones. That's like the like soccer uniforms are always super cool. Yeah. So the flyer one, I wanted real bad. Yeah, we got the uh, well. Nico was kind enough to uh, bring me along to the soft opening. When you got the like scarf, <laughs> yeah. they hit him with all the yeah. Austin FC swag. And, Season um, ticket holder, you know they're, they're giving you out. <laughs> yeah. That's my like, flex when, for the when, show. I mean, that was like it was warm. 
and we're getting these scarves and like, don't get me wrong, they were they were nice to get scarf, but I'm like, well, what are we doing with this scarf? Yeah. I mean, they'd be great oh, for today, hilarious. but yeah. For the culture. For the, for the culture. culture. For sure. For the culture. Um, let's see. Okay, so I know we've talked a lot about football, college, all of that. I want to get your thoughts because we had some like breaking news this past week. Uh, Nick Saban down there at Alabama had some thoughts on the NIL. And, uh, you know, scouting is getting a little tough down there for him. Yeah. (laughs) What, um, you know, obviously you were beyond college that that went into effect. But what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on Saban saying, listen, you need to come to my college to win games, not to get paid a million bucks before you even show what you're made of. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's tough. Cause I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of this. Like I was a D three guy, didn't have a scholarship. Right. My friends. And even up until NIL became a thing, like I've seen kids like just struggle. You know what I mean? When Mm -hmm. I, and I've seen universities make tons of money. And I do think college education is absolutely valuable and it is a form of payment, but it's not equitable when, uh, when like the school, I remember I was looking at a budget. I think it was LSU. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but they made like their football program alone made like $300 million in one season. And then men's basketball was, and there's a, there's a, we could have a whole conversation about equality in college sports anyways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Between like men, women, all the different sports, title nine. I do think it's a good thing that athletes are being compensated because they bring a lot of value to the school. And this is something working in like right now in secondary education. I think it's super important for athletes or for athletics and academics to like work together Mm -hmm. because at this point they're so entwined with each other. Right. Point being a couple of years ago when university of Maryland, Baltimore County went to the final four, the sweet 16, their applications to go to school went up 400%. It's insane. Whoa. And then even just this year when TCU made the college football mm-hmm. playoffs, they became like the number uh, – whatever the stat was, I think it was like TCU became the number one top choice of students at 31% higher than it had ever been before. You think that was just like visibility? Yeah, or, just yeah, from exposure, yeah, yeah. Okay, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, it's, uh, and that, like they have to find a way to work together because they're mm-hmm. – you can't not. Yeah. Because they do benefit each other, right? Yeah. But yeah, NIL is tough. I think the biggest thing right now is for when kids get that money is to like uh, find someone to help you manage it. Because like if you are not familiar with business, like it will be a rough entry for you, especially if you're 18 to 22. You know what I mean? And there's uh, like when Arch Manning came to Texas, they spent $280,000 in three days to try to get him to come to school here. I don't know if you guys saw that article. It was in like Texas Monthly or something. Did not see that. Wow. Uh, right. And then even just like you look at Quinn Ewers had a million dollars before he even left high school. Didn't play a senior year of high school, million dollars, another million dollars when he came here, right? Has the has the Rolls Royce. Bijan Robinson has the Bentley that's burnt orange. Uh, which is a if money follows value, mm-hmm. it is what it is, right? Yeah. So the and uh, I think a lot of times people get caught up in that. But uh, what I do love about NAL, this is a personal story. I had a kid. His name is Frankie Martinez. He plays at University of Texas, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the school I worked at was a Title I school, low socioeconomic, right? He was a man, like, I remember giving this kid my shoes because he, like, sometimes wouldn't have them or whatever, which is a lot of kids, right? That's not to single him out. And there's a lot of coaches that do that. Mm-hmm. At every level, right? Because you care about the kids that you work with. And so he went to UTSA. He was a preferred walk-on. Didn't have a scholarship. He just earned one. So that's really cool. Um, but he got an NIL deal for like $50,000. They're like, hey, we nice. can't give you a scholarship right now, but there's there's NIL money available for you, right? So that's yeah. like a really cool example of NIL being good and like mm-hmm. a person that deserves it, that's been working their tail off as a quality individual, like getting rewarded for that. So that's the part of the NIL like I like to focus on because anything at any level is going to take get taken advantage of somehow. And you're only going to hear about the kids that make a million dollars. But then there's kids like that that deserve some extra money that still have to work 40 hours a week and try to play football and go to school. And that's going to just take a little bit off of their plate. Yeah. But it is completely changing the landscape of college athletics. And I think you'll see that. It's still, like it's basically crypto, right? Like cryptocurrency was super huge. Everyone is into it. No one knows what it looks like. No one still knows what it looks like. Because it's that's, right. That's what it is. That's yeah. What it is. No one knows. Like it crashed. Yeah. Now it's back. So nil is going to be the same way. And as like money gets more involved, I think what you'll see is like a separation between your Power Five conferences, mm-hmm. or even within those schools that can afford to really like pay big money, they'll get together. That'll be like your Texas, your Bama, your USC, your Ohio State, right? Because so SEC schools. Yeah, exactly. Because they'll be able to, that'll be an even playing field for them. And then everyone else is like, hey, we don't have that. We have to get together so we can have an even playing field for us. Yep. It's hard. It's a hard thing to navigate because it's massive and it's huge. But I think it is, I think more compensation is needed for student athletes. Um, and student athletes do get to, like, do get to experience cool things. Outside of, right, like, I remember our, this was at a Division three school. Our volleyball team used to get to go to Puerto Rico and, like, play volleyball and the, like, because they, you know what I mean? Like, a bunch yeah, of, like, there's colleges down there, right? Like, yeah. so you do get, like, you get to travel. You get to have cool experiences. But I just don't think it's equitable enough for a school that makes that much money to be, like, here. You know what I mean? Here's a phone. Yeah. Yeah. So it will change everything though. And I'll be interested to see like right now you hear a lot about it with football and basketball and I will be interested to watch it kind of like filter to all the other sports and see Mm -hmm. how it changes those too. Yeah. It'll be interesting for sure. Um, I know we've talked about some regular Joes and whatnot, but we are in, you know, early part of 2023 people are, you know, on their, Dry January and, you know, making all of their (laughs) resolutions and goals for the year for someone that's maybe, you know, similar to you, me played sports is still just trying to be like a wannabe athlete or I have a trainer that calls me an AIT, an athlete in training. Oh, that's very nice. Which I'm very appreciative of um, because she trains us. She's a uh, strength and conditioning coach for um, UT for women's soccer team. Oh, cool. (coughs) Shout out Anna. Hey, uh, Uh, what's her last name? Craig. Craig? Yeah. 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 We're, we're going to try and get her in the studio, but um, she's I don't awesome. know Anna personally, but I go to like the UT Athletic Performance Clinic. Yeah. And she, we have a couple mutual friends. Yes. She's, she's making it happen for sure. She's amazing. Um, yeah. So we want to get athlete in training. She's yeah. so nice. So I, I know. I know. <laughs> when she said that to me, I was like, Anna. That's a way nicer acronym than I call people. Okay. <laughs> I call them NARPs, non athletic regular people. Wow. Yeah. See, 
athlete in training. That's why. Makes me, I mean, I, I am a wannabe. You know, I'm never <laughs> yeah. going to be like, you know, five star, like whatever at UT. <laughs> But, you know, I'm trying. That's why uh, Anna's D1, you know? She got the good verbiage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that D1 verbiage. Right. I'm out here struggling. <laughs> I got NARP verbiage, dude. No, I mean, that's a that's a solid acronym. I'm not going to lie. That's a solid acronym. I, I just might be slightly offended if I were to be called that. Um, anyways, uh, but what can, like, regular Joes, uh, or NARPs, as you call them, Ugh. what can they do to, like, what would be a few tips you would give them in terms of, like, strength training or like an exercise or something that they can do, you know, because everyone apparently is busy. Oh yeah. Um, So what can they do to kind of squeeze into their day and routine? Yeah. Um, I think I would kind of echo what I said earlier, like find a place where you can, you can expedite your fitness to them and let them take care of it for you. Right. So like group fitness is super popular. Um, not to flex on y'all again, but I went to high school with the family that founded Camp Gladiator. Whoa. Which is founded here in what? Austin. Which, did they just move? Because I think our, oh, one of the old, or the gym I go to, I think just bought them. Oh, okay. oh, like their headquarters? Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so like the Kelly family, I played football with Daniel. Joey, the younger brother, was a year younger than me. And uh, the oldest sister, I can't remember what her name was. Like she was actually on American Gladiator, the TV show. So that's how, it got, that's how it got its name. Wow. But yeah. Um, Man, I would just say, like, expedite your fitness to someone that can take care of you, and they'll give you the guidance that you need, right? That way you're not, like, looking in the wrong places, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, right, for advice that doesn't pertain to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, so for sure, let them, like, let a professional take care of you, especially in Austin, because there's so many knowledgeable people here. And don't be afraid to try a bunch of different studios till you find something that really works for you. Because kind of like what we said earlier, like, it's about longevity and you feeling good. I mean, if you want to like, if you want to look a certain way and you're willing to sacrifice certain things to do that, then cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if that's important to you, I'm down. Like I want you to pursue that. Uh, but a lot of times like life happens, you yeah. know, and you shouldn't be stuck like tracking your macros and you can't eat charcuterie with your friends. Yeah. Or what? I don't know if you guys like charcuterie. That's great. I yeah. love charcuterie. Yeah. 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 So yeah. like, I would definitely say like outsource it to a professional Find something sustainable um, and something maintainable. Yeah. And fitness and fitness should make your body feel better, not worse. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be sore at like various times throughout like your training cycle and like throughout the year. But overall, in general, like you should feel better as a person. Mm-hmm. And the things you do in the gym should translate to your life. Are there um, a couple of things you would recommend on top of that or I guess post like recovery tools you know i know that there's that whole side of things is crazy you know you've got uh, yeah, the like uh, i don't know what you call them the things you put on your legs you know uh, like, yeah yeah those things or you've got like people do cupping acupuncture dry needling um again regular joes yeah. aits um cold tub. oh cold plunge yeah, yeah that's, that's really easy. big yeah for sure are there some things that while you know you don't want to be like in pain or have it hurt but like if you're sore you know and you need to just kind of bounce back what yeah. would you recommend uh, I would say like a good massage therapist would be super helpful. That was something I, uh, I'll shout my boy out here. Cause he's still here. Plug his him, plug his him. name's Ron Vaughn. Uh, he's, he's, uh, his company is called athletic tune up professionals and he's actually here in Austin. Uh, Austin flex. He used to work with Mark Henry, the professional wrestler, strongest man in the world, two time Olympic weightlifter. 
don't know if you guys knew all that about Mark. I'm Henry. not messing with him. He's an OG. <laughs> Went to Austin Community College. Right. Wow. It was a river bat. Um, so yeah, so Ron Vaughn is his name, athletic tune-up professionals. And when I started doing like regular massage therapy as an athlete, like it was amazing how much better I would feel and how much better I would perform. And I would do it. And this was obviously my career, right? So I would start, I did it once a week for like two months. Cause I had a lot of things he had to work out. And then after that, it was something I did bi-weekly, right? So massage therapy, like find someone that can help you. Sometimes it's good to just get like a feel good massage. But if you're like living the athletic lifestyle, you need like a sports massage therapist because they're going to it'll be uncomfortable while it's happening. But you'll feel way better when you get done. Um, But yeah, like to your to your point, there's obviously cool spaces here in Austin where like uh, there's like recovery labs where you can pay a monthly fee or you can pay a drop in and like you can get cryo, you can get the infrared sauna, you can do the ice bath, right? Um, and just kind of finding the recovery things that work for you and then doing those like semi-regularly. But I guess if I had to like one that was really high ROI for me was like massage therapy. Okay. I'd we I kind of keep recommending things like I already talked about, like yeah. find a professional, let them work for you. Right. Like yeah. let them be great at what they're great at. Yeah. And then it's going to make you better at what you're great at. I'm all about outsourcing. Listen, yeah, for sure. I know. I don't know. I mean, I know how to do workouts and, yeah. you know, but. In terms of like having the right people, like you said, around you and just kind of telling you what to do. Yeah. I need a coach all around me, basically. Which is perfect. It's perfect. Um, Wrapping up here, you have several certifications. I mean, again, the bio you sent me, I was like, wow, we are CSC. (laughs) We are RSCC. Yeah. Um, So, you know, do you do those fairly regularly? And I guess kind of. Touching on the question I asked a little bit ago, do those certifications kind of help you stay on top of like the trends and the things that are kind of evolving as it relates to strength and conditioning? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I have the CSCS, the Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, Mm -hmm. which is if you're going to work in any college or any professional setting, you have to have it. It's mandatory. Mm -hmm. I have that one with distinction. So basically what that means is so strength and conditioning is a career where it's hard to have like longevity and success in it. So if you've been full, if you've been employed full time in strength and conditioning for over five years, then you can apply to earn your certification with distinction. Mm. And basically it just symbolizes like, hey, I've been in the industry for at least five years. I've had regular employment. People trust me with themselves and with their athletes. And then I have what's called the RSCC, the Registered Strength and Conditioning Coach. And so what that entails is also your five years of experience. And then I do five times as many CEUs as CSCSs do in a two-year cycle. What are CEUs? So continuing education units, like adult stuff, right? Going to conferences, speaking at conferences. When you get to your RSCC, you have to publish. You become like a published author. You have to write articles, contribute to the field that way. Um, I do mine mostly through speaking. Um, But yeah, so like it's just uh, in a field that is always like where uh, science is like very prevalent and science is always changing. And what we know about strength and conditioning is always changing. Like that essentially just uh, allows me to and holds me accountable to always learning new things. Uh, I would say like, I do a lot of my learning through social media, through like trusted people that I follow, um, podcasts, sports scientists, et cetera. But then I do spend a decent amount of time, like still reading academic literature, 
like peer reviewed scholarly articles and kind of finding, like I talked about earlier, like the theory and the practice and putting them together. Yep. And then that's what like really allows me to maxif- maximize like the people that I work with and the things that they're specifically my athletes, like what they're going through and how can we get the most out of them and make sure their experience has been really good. So some people like, yeah, I have a lot of letters after my name. There's people that have more. There's people that are like, essentially you want being certified or being credentialed, right? Like mm-hmm. doesn't guarantee you're getting a good person, but at least lets you know, like there's a certain baseline that's been established and they have that knowledge. Not to say people that aren't certified don't have good knowledge, right? They might, they just don't have, for me working in an institution, like I have to have something that like lets them know I'm credentialed and qualified. Yeah. Whereas there's plenty of like, good trainers in like the private industry, anywhere you can go that are super knowledgeable. They just don't have letters after their name because they didn't want to spend the money to take the test or whatever it was. Well, Hey, I, I read the bio and I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, so, you know, <laughs> decent alphabet yeah. soup. <laughs> um, so we do a fun thing here on the podcast and I'm going to let Nico, uh, be the one to, uh, Handle our rapid fire segment today. Oh my God. So get ready. He's just going to throw <laughs> a bunch at you, a bunch of acronyms, and you're going to have to tell us what they are. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're All very, right. they're very easy. So just top of mind, whatever comes first. Let's do it. All right. Uh, number one, go to spot for lunch in San Antonio. Go to spot for lunch. So oh, plug them up. My gosh, one. dude, I have so many good ones. You would ask me about food, like all the things that I love. <laughs> The most. Uh, if somebody's trying to keep it healthy, maybe. Yeah, generally healthy. Get those get those carbs, good fat. I like to, uh, what's this freaking place called? It's like a little delicious sandwich shop. Ooh. Mike goes there all the time. I can't believe I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> all right, I'll plug one of my friend's new spots. It's, okay, called, okay. it's called IU Kitchen. A-Y-U, like Ayurvedic. Okay. IU Kitchen. Uh, her name is Gigi Robinson. San Antonio Flex. Her father-in-law is David Robinson, the Admiral, NBA Hall of Famer. Yes. So she's married to David Jr., who's one of my casual friends. We played flag football together. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> wow. But I was like, this man runs like a gazelle. And you're <laughs> and like, that's now how. I know why. But yeah, so she's got a really cool, like, and there's so many places like this in Austin, too, which is what was cool about growing up. Like, growing up in Austin, there's, like, your Snap Kitchen, your MyFit Foods, like, that type of place. So this is kind of her version of that. And she gets to control all of, like, the farm to table, where it's coming from, like, the produce, how it's produced, like, that kind of stuff. So IU Kitchen, AYU Kitchen. That'll AYU be my Kitchen. Okay, Ooh. there we go. Number two, Hit or low impact workouts? Ooh, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. So you can do both at the same time. Okay. But if you had to pick one. Oh, gosh. That's such a tough one. I mean, I like to grind. Like, I like to get a little like, I don't know. I still like to grind sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I compete in jujitsu currently because I like a little bit oh. of like, uh, I like a little bit of uh, like gratuitous violence. You know what I mean? Like just you and your friends, like this is going to sound a little strange, but like trying to choke each other in like a friendly way. You know what I mean? So I like to get, yeah. I did, I did one, I did some, I did some interval training today and I wore a heart rate monitor and my goal was to like keep, so I had to keep my heart rate above 151 beats per minute. Yeah. And I basically would exercise for five minutes. I get one minute rest and I would do that again. 
Uh, and I did super simple battle ropes, kettlebell swings, concept two rower, dumbbell snatch, medicine ball slam. 25 minutes of work. I burned 500 calories and I got to rest. Nice. I got to rest one minute every five minutes. So that's essentially what energy X would be in a nutshell for y'all. Wow. That would be yep. a lit, that would be a lit hit. <laughs> lit hit. Yeah. That, I would be for sure lit after that. <laughs> I did want to like take a nap pretty bad. I texted the group chat. I was like, I am in pain. <laughs> I need to go get a sports massage. Exactly. Recent Netflix or Hulu binge? Ooh, uh, Vikings Valhalla season two. Yeah. My grandpa, so I'm of Norwegian descent. My grandpa was literally named Thor. Stop. I got named after the grandpa named Glenn. <laughs> womp, womp. You could probably be an extra for Vikings. I yeah, like yeah. I like the to. Viking. Or maybe, you know, just like <laughs> plug in like Thor's your middle yeah. name. Could you imagine right now I'd be the man? But yeah, so Vikings Valhalla season two on Netflix. Uh, I just watched the whole thing. It's very cool. Um, OG Austin based show y'all need to watch if you haven't watched is Friday Night Lights filmed here in Austin. Yours truly had very small part as an extra. Wow. wow you don't get wow. to see my face. You just see <laughs> wow, my beautiful on the flow. Or, or were you yeah, playing was, in the game? I was or? East Dylan Lion number 68. Some lettuce hanging out of the helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So love that. OG Austin show. If you haven't watched it, you definitely need to for sure. Wow. Okay. All right. Finish this sentence. When I grow up, I want to be. Oh my gosh! Y'all gonna hit me with that football player. Y'all gonna hit me with that one. Exactly. (laughs) I know that's um man, and that was. I guess we're gonna like get a little bit uh, deep because why not? You know, like that was that was who I wanted to be, um, and I was that for a little bit, which was super cool. And I think uh, right now I want to be the most authentic version of myself who helps others in any way that he can. Perfect. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, favorite sport to watch. Favorite sport to watch. Uh, I gotta be football. Uh, I do love watching. I, uh, so the, well, we, know, we know how you feel about Texas teams. So yeah. like, who's your college Ooh. team and then your pro team. So college team. Uh, okay. So I, so like, Sticking to because I have to be true to myself, right? You can't cheer for somewhere you didn't go. Exactly. Okay. But okay. I did work at several colleges. Okay. So Hardin Simmons University, obviously, Angelo State University, University of South Florida, Eastern Michigan University. Uh I'm really I'm really proud of a lot of those guys because uh we were not a good football school, but a lot of Max Crosby, who plays for the Raiders, is there uh went there. Andrew Wiley, who's about to play in the Super Bowl, went there. Pat O'Connor, who plays for the Buccaneers. Went there, uh, University of South Florida, Mitch Wilcox, backup tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals, Marquez Valdez-Scantling that plays wide receiver for the Chiefs, uh, West Virginia State University, little Division II school. We got uh, we got a guy that plays for the Arizona Cardinals named Dennis Gardeck. His nickname is the Barbarian, and he's like, uh, he has like, he's had How like do you earn that hair. nickname? You, like, <laughs> if, you, if you guys just Google it, like, know. Google him as a C. Can we pull that, um, pull that up really quick? <laughs> but yeah, he, and they're all like super cool, super good guys. Um, the the uh, the Six Nations tournament is coming up for rugby. So if you guys pay attention to international rugby, it's one of the oldest rugby tournaments in the world. Um, Do you have any former Eagles players? Uh, ooh, ask, no, I don't have anyone on the Eagles. So, uh, like, I say that. For the Chiefs? Uh, that's a tough one. 
I'm probably going to root for the snack bar I'm going to obliterate okay. on <laughs> that Sunday. <laughs> but yeah, football, rugby. Uh, you know, now that now that I got Mike, I do be watching a little bit of soccer. I don't really understand it that much, but my soccer knowledge is on the come up. As long as you know what offsides is. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, because that's like rugby-ish, so I can, I can rock with that. Riverwalk or tubing uh, Ooh. down in San Marcos. Dude, yes, tubing is so solid. Definitely got to go. I mean, the river walk is cool. Y'all should definitely check it out. It's very tourist San Antonio. So if you're ever mm -hmm. in San Antonio, hit me up. We'll show you like the cool places to go. Okay. But yeah, if you're like an Austin person, like just go down to like New Braunfels, San Marcos, float the river. It's like an OG Texas thing to do for sure. I'm a very about like having OG experiences. So like, when it's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like y'all, if you haven't been to Broken Spoke, like you have to go to Broken oh Spoke. Oh my gosh. I watched the documentary on that. Um, gosh, last year at some point. Yeah. And Barton I had, Springs would be cool. Yep. Obviously yep. there's uh like, once you guys do Barton Springs, there's other cool places to swim that are not as like, as a uh, popularized. So you got to find some OG people to take you around. Okay. I don't know how long you guys have lived. Like maybe you've already done them all. <laughs> I've not, have not. Uh, I got to find more OG people, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, Nico. Uh, <laughs> do some, do some like wakeboarding oh. on the lake. Uh, that's, what's cool about Austin is like, I love water and there's so much water everywhere. Like you can do stuff, yep. which is awesome. I'm not a good wakeboarder, but one of my buddies had a boat when I lived here and I was like, let's shred. Shred. And by shred, I mean like just immediately Let's fall, fall on our face yeah, for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Favorite athlete. Favorite athlete. Oh my gosh. Growing up, I loved Randall Cunningham. I loved Reggie White. Um, dang. I used to like this guy named Tony Baselli. He was an offensive lineman for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then he was the first expansion pick in the uh, NFL, like in the expansion draft for the Houston Texans. So, yeah, those are probably like my OG, like three, three, three OG cats, like old, like 90s, 2000 guys. That's a question. Also, Mike, Mike LaHood, for sure. The homie. Oh, wow. You know? Favorite athlete. Favorite international soccer player, also local soccer player. <laughs> Former, current OG. <laughs> Super OG guy. <laughs> Gotta say Mike, of course. <laughs> All right. Gatorade or Powerade? Ooh. Listen. Y'all ready for a curve? Y'all ready for a curveball? Yeah. Hill Country Fair, zero calorie sports drinks at your local HEB. Ooh. There we go. Oh, 75 cents on. for 32 ounces. Wow, plug a H -E -B. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. No, HEB has <laughs> they got some good quite stuff the in selection. There. But yeah. Uh, all, what about all sport? You guys remember all sport? I do. The carbonated like sports <laughs> drink. Yo. Yes. My God. Whoa! Dude. You just took me that back. Hitting. You'd be tart when you just like McDonald's Sprite when you drink it. You're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> on the sideline, just ooh, extra strong. <laughs> Lips pursed. <laughs> Favorite quote or mantra you live by? Oh man. The, uh, so I don't know if you guys can see, but so on my arm, Ooh. it says, uh, simply love, uh, my tattoo guy is here in town. So if you guys ever need an excellent sleeve, okay. Justin Egan at dark amethyst tattoo is the guy to see. Uh, so simply love is in honor of my mom and she had Alzheimer's. She had early onset Alzheimer's. She got diagnosed when I was 19 years old and she died when I was 26. 
And the average, the average length of your life when you get diagnosed with Alzheimer's is seven years. Um, and so this is kind of like a tribute to her, but my mom was like a very uh, faith-based person. She was a Christian. Mm-hmm. And the thing she would always say is like, uh, this is like unconditional love. Like no matter what you do, God and her as my mother would simply love me through it. So that's something I always try. Like, so simply love is something that I always kind of carry with me. And another quote that I really love is by a guy named William Borden of the, the like Borden milk, like the dairy farm. William Borden was like an heir to the dairy farm and he, he left all of that and became a missionary Um, And he ended up like dying in the missionary field. But he said, no reserves, no retreats, no regrets. Mm. And that was like the thing that he decided to like live his life by when he decided to leave a cush life that was already set for him and really chase what his passions were. So those are like two things that I always appreciate. I love those both. Yeah, just simple. We've had a couple people on now that have had whatever their favorite quote. Our last guest had their... Their quote. Tre- yep, he was like, oh, well. <laughs> he just so, pulled it out. <laughs> I, like, I have some quotes in mantras, but um, I hate needles. Hate oh. needles. But um, if we have tattoo fans that his was in Portuguese. Pod, yeah. Oh, that's a flex. Yeah, I mean, major. It was, it was just, cool. He was from Brazil. Oh, yeah, dude. makes sense. Just a very subtle flex. <laughs> subtle flex. <laughs> um, well, Glenn, thank you so much for coming in oh, and yeah, chatting no with us. Loved hearing more about your story and. Um, yeah, just hearing more about like what you're involved in. I know that a lot of people will relate to it as again, they're trying to like improve their health, you know, improve their strength, you know, whether you're in sixth grade or you're 78 years old doing water aerobics, <laughs> you know, Definitely. just find that middle ground. So um, let our listeners know where they can find you. Plug yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, so at Glenn Revel. At yourself. At maybe, me. Maybe right, better at way yourself, of sorry, sorry. At yourself. Plug yeah, yourself. Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, so Glenn Revel, G-L-E-N-N-R-E-V as in Victor, E-L-L. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, that's me. I'm not like super entertaining. Twitter is a lot of like, uh, things I do with my athletes. So if you want to see like cool clips from inside the weight room of what I do and how I train them, you can see that. And then, uh, my thoughts on like how to be like a high performance individual and organization is kind of, that's what's on my Twitter. My Instagram is like super, just like my life, my personal life. Um, and then like you, you like you referenced the Gcast, Right now, most of our stuff is on YouTube. Okay. And so, yeah, but it's kind of just like me and my friend Allie, who was the soccer coach at East Central where I used to work. Mm -hmm. uh, We just started this podcast, and it's for coaches, parents, teachers, and leaders. And if you're any one of those four things, and hopefully the things we talk about will kind of benefit you and add value to your life. And we talk about all, like we do uh, weekly book reviews, just things we've experienced, like hopefully anything that will relate to you and make you a more high-performing person. Uh, And that's pretty much it. And if you're ever in the 210, let me know. I'm around. We are going to go to the the cool (laughs) spots, not the touristy spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give you the good San Antonio tour. The good tour. And we're going to go to that sandwich shop that you can't remember the name of right now. But uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, (laughs) I'm a bad person (laughs) for that. I totally Uh, thought you were going to go with Texas Roadhouse. There are some OG delicious spots in San Antonio. Yeah. San Antonio flex real quick. There's two cities in America that are uh, cities of gastronomy, noted by the by UNESCO, the United Nations, and San Antonio is one of them. The other one is Tucson, Arizona. Whoa! So if you guys are ever in San Antonio or Tucson, there's some there's some good spots to hit up. Don't be 
Don't be fooled. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't be a stranger. Ooh, wow. I'm pumped. I love food. So I need to go do a food tour in San Antonio <laughs> yeah, ASAP. No doubt. I would say do one here too. Even oh, though I've lived here oh. like forever, I would always do a yearly food tour and I would always find new spots. It was super fun. Oh, I've I've powered my way. I'm queen of reservations. So I love <laughs> yeah. a good I love a good rest. Elite Yelper. My brother's like, you gotta you gotta chill on uh <laughs> We're doing like one a month. I'm like one a week. Let's go. That's hilarious. <laughs> Let's go. But um, thank you again. You guys can follow us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Be sure to like and subscribe. And thanks for checking this out. And we'll see you next time. 